Hey guys, and welcome back to another incredible, I'm going to call it incredible because it is going to be an incredible episode of Parent Q Live with Carlos Enrique Guizquier Guzman Chabrocabello and my great co-host and friend, Kristen Ivey. How are you, amiga? I'm doing great, you amiga. Are. Amiga, it's good you to are be amiga. here. And yeah. I'm, I'm wanting to, to start this episode a little sprightly. Okay. Because um, it's going to be a sprightly episode. <laughs> and we've got a fun, fun episode with our great friend, Courtney is it DeFeo? Yeah, De- Courtney DeFeo. DeFeo. And you interviewed her. I did. Yeah, I love any chance I get to talk to Courtney. She's, she's very fun she, she's, she's filled with light. She's filled with fun. We'll, we'll get into her. But because we're talking about specifically fun, I thought we could have some fun uh, before we get into the interview with you and Courtney. And this is what I want the fun to be. Okay. My daughters, who, again, as you guys, if you've been listening to the podcast regularly, you know that I've got a... Actually, now, since the last time I've talked to you guys, 15, newly, freshly minted 15-year-old <laughs> right? daughter and a 13-year-old daughter. And what's kind of blown my mind the last few months is they're really into speaking gibberish. Now, do you, do, you, do you even know what this so is? So is that like a different language? If you're listening to this podcast and Kristen for you, mi amiga, remember Pig Latin? Oh, yeah. Ude, uye, ispe, igpe, atenle. Oh, I they ude ikspe ikpe atle. Of course, of course. Of course, I do. Right? I'm trilingual. It's the language every child uses yeah. to confuse their parents, as if their parents don't know. Yes, right. And so, well, obviously, right? you spoke this as a child, and I, <laughs> I, I spoke this, right? Um, but did you speak gibberish? I never spoke gibberish. Well, my daughters are into gibberish, and they're using gibberish to try to confuse myself and my wife. <laughs> Little do they know. That I am a gibberish champion. Now, oh. I would say champion. I've never won anything with my Do they skills. have gibberish championships? Uh, maybe. We're about to find out <laughs> if you can enter the gibberish oh, championship. Oh, no. Because we're going we're gonna to just see if we can teach you how to speak gibberish. Okay. All right. Okay. Now, you seem to pull off the, the Igpe Atenle pretty good. <laughs> I feel like, um, if I really think about it, gibberish is similar to All right. It. So okay. Let, let me let me just. What are the rules? What are the rules of gibberish? I, I'm not quite sure, but, <laughs> but our lesson is going well. Yeah, yeah. But but I am going to say a word, and let's see if we can dissect it and figure it out. Because I, I want you to say a sentence. At okay. the end of the day, I want All you to right. say. Um, what do I want you to say? I told you. Uh, I want you to say, "Hello, my name is Kristen." How okay. about that? I think okay. that's great. Um, so this is how you speak gibberish. I'm gonna. This is how you say hi. Hi, the guy. Hi, the guy. So you add. The uh-huh. and g, okay. After the syllable, so hi the guy. So car would be cut the gar. Wait, you already lost me. <laughs> I did. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let me say yeah. something. To okay, you so sitting. after the okay after a consonant sound, yes, the and then the g, the g, the g, the g, and then you finish it, and then you finish the yes, word. There the it g. is. There it is. Is that after every consonant? Well, let's see. Let, let's try this. Let's try this. Um, okay. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Coke. Okay. So, again, Coke would just be Kudagok. Okay. Kudagok. <laughs> Kudagok. Does that make sense? Okay. Kudagok. So, hi would be, hi the guy. Hi the guy. Okay. okay. My name, Carlos, would be Kudagar Lodagos. Kudagar. No, no, no. No, no. Kudagar. Kudagar. Lodagos. Lodagos. Like los, but Lodagos. The ghost. Yeah, there it is. So. Let the ghost. So okay. the go. <laughs> Ithigit, Ithigiz, you're the gir to the gurn. 
it's your turn. That's what I just said. Wow. How amazing was wow. that? Wow. Okay. So I need a translator on some of this too. Okay. Yeah. So then I would say, hi, the guy. Yep. Mm, hi, the guy. Yes. Nathan. Yes, you got it. You got I really it. wish that everybody could see you right now. I'm so excited. <laughs> My <laughs> eyes are so large. <laughs> you are literally physically coaching me through this. Yeah. Okay. Hi, the guy. Uh-huh. My, the guy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Another game. Yes. How do I? It, is the good? No, no, no. Just is. No, no. It would Ithaca, be, yes. Ithaca's? Yes. <laughs> now, now, now we're we're at two Ithaca, syllables. Yes. Stithaga. No, no. Stithagin. No, no. Say. Krithaga. Stithagin. Yes, that's it. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Another guy. Another guy. Another game. Another game. Oh my goodness, that is. Highly impressive, Carly. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, I don't know if you guys enjoyed listening to that, and it was as much fun listening to it as it was in this room, but it was absolutely incredible to watch you achieve. Um, so as a parent, you could try speaking in gibberish with your kids. Yes, try speaking in gibberish with your kids, whatever language they may want to. If you've got a one-and-a-half-year-old and you can't understand them, try gibberish. Maybe they'll, <laughs> maybe they'll start speaking to you. Lots of fun. Uh, we have more fun for you uh, with the interview that, uh, Kristen, you had with Courtney DeFeo. A little bit about Courtney. Courtney is from Dallas, Texas. She is an author of, and I love the title of this, In This House We Will Giggle. I'm sure you guys get into this book. Absolutely. Yeah, we get into that right up front um, with some really practical tips. I love how easy she makes uh, this concept. Just just having yeah. fun. I mean, fun, fun's a, she, she's got two kids that she can have fun with as well. And she's also the founder of Little Light of Mine, or if you find it on the internet, it's actually Lil Light O Mine. Lil Light of Mine. Lil Light O Mine. I love it. So guys, why don't you guys sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with our great friend, Courtney DeFeo. Hey, Courtney, it's so good to have you here today. Hey, how are you? I'm so excited to be here. Great. So we get a chance to talk through a couple of things that I know you are really passionate about as a mom that you wrote about in your book, Um, In This House We Will Giggle. And I was just taking a look back through your book again, um, just getting ready for this conversation and saw so many things that jump out to me that I just love about your message and what you talk about, what you live out. And one of those was just this whole idea that in our homes, we need two things, that we need virtues and we need laughter. So I mean, why? Those are two different things. Those are not kind of the same. I don't think about them at the same time a lot of times. So why virtues and laughter? Yeah, I think not many people write a book out of fear, but honestly, that's where one of the reasons I wrote my book, which is an interesting place to start. I wouldn't recommend it for anybody, but I had at the time, my kids were two and five when all of this began, which is another interesting place to start for a parenting book. I don't know that I'd recommend that either, but I honestly had a place. I grew up in a Christian home and I was hoping to raise my kids in a Christian home, but I was thinking, what if I go through all of this and I'm teaching them good and godly and wonderful things about virtues and values, and what if they leave my home and they have a head full of awesome knowledge and they can recite all of the great Bible verses and they can, they're good little Christian kids, but they miss the whole ball game. Mm. And I really had fear that I thought, what if I teach them all the right things to do, but they miss it all and wow. they have never had an impact on their heart. And so out of fear, this really just started stirring in me. And I was learning a lot from you guys. I was at a North Point at an orange campus. I was at North Point in Atlanta at the time. And you guys were making it so simple. It was like, this is not that hard, you know, mm. teach them really some simple truths 
about God and virtues. So that was really the virtues piece that it was so important to me and so critical. Um, so it wasn't just for knowledge sake, it was really for heart sake. So that was the first part of it. And then the second part was really the how. I didn't want them to feel like it was constantly just shoved down their throat. That it was like, you will memorize this, kids, or you better, <laughs> you better do this or you're in trouble. And I thought, I, you know, I wanted them to look back on their faith and their Christian walk and think that it wasn't just all boring and it wasn't all lectures and it wasn't always just about the rules. It was actually a good thing because that was my experience as an adult not necessarily growing up sometimes, but as an adult, I thought it felt good to love. It felt oh, wow. good to serve. Yeah. And I thought, what if they got that impression of faith earlier than when they got out of college, you know? And so that was really my hope is that could we combine, make a really practical book that they started seeing that virtues and values were something mom and dad didn't shove down their throat that they could experience in a fun way. And we could actually laugh and enjoy good things together. And I love getting to talk to you about this because it's so who you are. I just feel like mm. you exude this and live it out in the conversations we've had. You know, you laugh a lot and have a lot of fun and it just comes out of your personality. Um, they, the people who are going to be listening can't actually see you right now, but when we first got on this call, you had this unbelievably fun hat on your head. Um, so I just want to call that out and go like, you are a fun person and fun just comes off of you and the giggling and the laughing and the joy um, is huge. And so and even in the beginning of your book, you start with joy as the first value, um, yeah. which is just amazing. So why joy? Why is joy a value? Well, I think for our families, and I think all of us, all of us would say that we want joy. We want lighthearted. We want our kids to look back and say, "This was," as we think about our faith or our homes, that we had happiness and we had a lighthearted, fun time. But life is serious, you know. I think even eternity—that's a pretty serious topic, you know. I want my kids to go to heaven. Um, and I think there's busyness, there's deadlines, there's homework, there's maybe you lost your job, maybe your kid has a disability. There's so many things that are serious, but in the busyness and pace of life, I do want our kids to know that they had a home where there was some lightheartedness to, us, to it, and we had a chance to laugh. And, and so I think about there's some parents that may be listening and think, well, I'm not silly like you. I don't have <laughs> headgear on, you know, right. I don't go through and make a fool of myself all the time, which is just the way I'm wired. And, you know, I'm a marketing girl at heart, so I'm I'm just one like ad away from <laughs> everything. You know, I'm just silly all the time. But even if you're not wired that way, I think everyone can appreciate that you just want to have fun sometimes. And our kids are the same way. Not every single bit of their day needs to be serious all the time. And so joy in particular, you brought that up. That was the first chapter. I wanted to kick off the year and say, if we did it, there's 12 chapters. Each chapter is based on kind of like you do at Orange to say, well, what if we focused on a month and a virtue at a time? And so if January kicks off joy, it's like, how do you teach that to kids in a way that's saying, hey, just this month, we're just kind of kind of be on the radar for joy. What does that look like? What does that really mean? Is that like fleeting happiness? I'm happy if I get a lollipop or I'm happy if I and my hair looks good, or what is a deep, profound joy? And what does that look like? And how can we discuss that and experience that as a family? I love it. And one of my favorite things, Courtney, I struggle with joy. I'm just going to be honest. Like sometimes life just gets me down and I'm in that zone that you're talking about where everything's serious and, and you're just trying to get through all the things you've got to do. And so when I picked this up and I'm looking through it, you did some brilliant things here to make this practical. And so I started turning through the pages going, you talk about on every page, just an example about what you could do in your home today. Uh, so you have balloon couch volleyball. 
using the couch to be the net and just tossing a ball back and forth over. Did you do that as a family? I mean, I'm like, this is a brilliant idea. Yeah, we have. And I would tell you, I'm glad you asked that question because there are some things in the book that we did try. I did, I did want to not have a guilty conscience that we did try <laughs> almost everything in the book, but some things didn't stick. And I would suggest to you that if you do read this book or read any book out there, any ideas that come through this podcast that there may not be for you, but all this is is really an idea starter. The only like handbook out there in life truly is the Bible. So this is me just saying, hey, I'm a crazy idea girl. Like I said, I have a marketing past that this is idea starters around virtues and values we would probably all agree upon. So if this gets your brain started to say, hey, we're in a rut as a family on this particular topic. This gets your juices flowing to say, hey, here's an idea let's say around joy or maybe around patience to say, let's try this as a family. And maybe it just does get you out for that day or that month and gets your family talking about it or experiencing it better. Like I said before, I think as a family, when even our kids see us change our attitude and I say, I'm the chief mood officer, when they see (laughs) mom get out of her bad mood, I kind of like change that whole cycle. Everybody kind of follows me and they get in a good mood and they start changing things as well. That's great. Well, these examples are great. I want to go home and play um, couch volleyball and best costume contest and daddy disco and all of these things. And you know what? I love um, just (laughs) how real you are that some of them will stick and some of them won't work uh, really well. But just to keep trying, um, I think that's so motivating. And then this other thing that you did here that I, I really love is you've gone through and scripted for us as parents, just a few phrases that we can use if we want to teach our kids virtues. So if you want to talk about joy, for example, you've kind of put some words around it to say, here's a few things you might want to start saying over and over and over again in your home as a go-to phrase, like joy is a choice every day. I mean, I love that because it just it's such a simple way to remember I can say to my kids, joy is a choice every day, or let's praise God in all things, even when they don't go our way, or your happy heart shows on your cheerful face. Of course, in my home, I'm not sure that there's always a cheerful face showing a happy heart, (laughs) but I just, I like how you've scripted that for us um, and just made it so simple. Why is it important? Why did you, why did you go to the trouble to script that out? Because I think we, when we get in the heat of the moment, and I know for my kids, we struggle with all of this. And I, and I try to tell parents, we are just the same as you. My kids are animals. We fight. We, they hit each other with Barbies. I mean, we're having the same struggles as you are. But I know as a parent, that's why I try to make it as practical as it is, because I need something at my fingertips. And so if I have a phrase like that that's catchy and we can remember it together, I will more likely remember it, and so will they. So one example is in the patient chapter, we say patience is waiting with a happy heart. And I will tell you that they remember those things quicker than, you know, just like a short and sweet verse. That's why people do scripture memory, hopefully not to get the gold star because it's catchy and you remember it and you bring it up when you're struggling. So I was on a plane one time and we were waiting on the tarmac and I think there's nothing worse than being stuck on a plane on the tarmac because it's like you can see the gate or you can see the (laughs) runway and it's like, oh, And I was with my children and I was being incredibly impatient. And I think Larson was maybe like six at the time. And she looked over and she said, mom, patience is waiting with a happy heart. And I was like, oh, man. (laughs) So just be warned. If you use them enough, they may come throwing them back at you. But it was good for her to remind me like, hey, I'm seeing impatience and mom. And I'm going to remind her what it's all about. So they're just helpful. And I need a script. I think so often I get in situations lately, we've been having birds and birds and the bees talks and things that I'm uncomfortable with. And I know 
Oh, it's so helpful to me when I find a resource when someone tells me now, tell me exactly what to say. I need to know what to say. Absolutely. The catchphrase piece is so huge. I know in my own home, it's the same as if I can, if I know exactly what to say, um, these long talks, if I sit down and try to have a long talk with my five-year-old, she's just looking at me like, I don't hear a word that you're saying. And I still want the thing I wanted. So um, that's what I love about these short phrases. Now, there's one other piece that I, I was going through this and, and this, it kind of bothered me um, about your book. And so I'm going to tell you what I don't like about it. So just get ready. I'm um, ready. So, I'm okay, ready. here's <laughs> what I don't like about it is I look at the flowers and I look at some of the things that you did that I resonate with and I love so much as a mom. But when you say us as moms, there's a piece of me that gets a little bit sad because this book is so helpful to a dad as well. Um, in fact, yeah. when I know, I think about the dads that I know and I go, they're actually sometimes even better at this um, than I am as a mom or whatever, but I would still want them to have this resource or read this resource. So do you have dads who've read it that have talked to you about it or tell our dads, like, what could they do so that they don't miss all of this great content that's in here? Yeah, you're so right. And I've had many dads read it and many dads, and, and they easily make the leap. I think some dads are easily offended, but they're really not. You know, I've had some, <laughs> one, I think one commented on Amazon that said, hey, this would have been nice if you would have called out a dad in there. But I think at the time I was writing it, I was inundated in the mom world and I was around moms all day long that were having the same struggles that I was. I said, my days are so busy, but this is so important. I want to raise kids with values and virtues, but I'm having struggles figuring out how to do it in the course yeah. of a day. How do you do all this? I'm trying to brush their teeth and get them to bed and keep them alive. But I, want to, I want to fit this in. And so I felt a real call to put this together for myself and my friends. And my mm. friends were my mom friends. Yeah. And so as, as what's happened from this is that moms are going home and having great conversations with their husbands. And the parents are doing this together. And so it's definitely a resource for families. And so looking back, I probably could have done it more directed at dad. So it's something every parent can read for sure. Dads are just going to have to make dad, the just, for me. And, just and say that hand. your wife made you read it or, you know, put yeah. a different cover on it or whatever. But there's just such practical things where I go, I never would have had that idea. I never would have thought to say that that way. So I just want all of our parents who are listening to be able um, to dive Absolutely. in. And can I say something? One of the things that you mentioned, like the balloon couch volleyball, there's 60 like fun, silly ideas that are just peppered through there that are just silly. But each chapter has like a an actual activity. So that is more than a couch volleyball. It's like, how do you actually do a family activity around joy. So that one would be like the joy-filled journal, like a scientist. Your kids would actually go on a search around the community and try to discover who looks joyful and why and Mm -hmm. who's just happy. Who's just in a good Mm -hmm. mood and it fleets and it goes up and down versus who is deeply joyful and why. So they're kind of researching like scientists. So each chapter will have the silly. You can do it in and out in the course of a day. And then some will have like a month-long activity. Now, those aren't mandated. They're not proven. Your kid's not going to grow up and be a pastor for sure. I don't know. I can't prove any of this, but it just will, again, be like a conversation starter for parents to say, here's one thought. Now, what would this look like for our family? This might not work. You know, I have two girls, but maybe for a family of four boys, y'all might tweak it a little bit. Maybe for mine were young at the time, so maybe for teenagers, you might tweak it a little bit. So again, these are just activities to say, instead of sitting them down and having a lecture around this virtue, which they will immediately eyeball roll, tune you out, as you know, Kristen. Um, So how do you just, again, say, look. 
let's like sneak this in. Like we would sneak carrots into a brownie batter. <laughs> We're going to sneak in the values and just have them go along. And they don't even know. It's like, Shh, don't tell them we're going out and having an adventure today. And it's all about perseverance. We're just going to go have fun. And then all of a sudden they're in and they don't even know they're learning something. That's great. I love this. Now, one more question while I've got you here, um, because I love to get together and just talk with you about what you're learning and what you're discovering in your own journey as a parent. And so, I mean, even since you've done this, your kids are grown up a little bit more. I mean, you've continued to kind of roll this out. What do you, what is, what is it that you are learning or that you would say is something you're discovering as a parent right now? Yeah, I'll, I'll share a struggle with you. And then I have one really practical idea that I just thought of the other night that I thought <laughs> I'd share hot off the presses from my brain that we could try together. But one struggle that I'm having right now is I get trapped into the idea that I'm supposed to be Jesus for my kids. Hmm. And I'm just not. I'm supposed to show them <laughs> Jesus. And so I think there's a lot wow. of pressure on all of us to get in there and figure this out for them. And Bob Goff says it so well. He's like, Jesus is supposed to lead people to Jesus. And Mm. so it's our job. And so I think if we try to remember that we have a great opportunity to guide that process and we can't let the pressure or even our past association with the church or with religion or whatever um, ruin that privilege. And so I think when we get overwhelmed with the pressure, we just have to remember that it's just our job to guide them and, and even take a book like mine and don't, toss it out when you get overwhelmed, just put it down and go back and say, this is my family. It's my kids. These are great ideas on this podcast. Take them and put it down and remember, pray for your kids. And I have to remind myself all the time. And even with virtues too, you can get overwhelmed with all that you have to teach them. But I would say get overwhelmed with all that's already in your kids. And don't forget to encourage them and lift them up and say, you already are so patient. You already are so kind. And your kids will thrive on that encouragement. And I have to um, and just like I told you earlier, Kristen, I look at my kids' homework folders and I so quickly go flying past all their great grades and I pick out that 170 and say, what's going on with math? When I miss the opportunity to say, oh my goodness, look at all these great things you're already doing. So that's one struggle there. And then one really fun idea after I've written the book, I've really um, been thinking a lot about family dinner times and we miss each other so often, but on the times we do have dinner times, they're getting older now, you know, they're eight and 10. So second and fourth grade and the conversations are changing. And so role-playing is what we're doing a lot now versus me telling them what to do. I like asking them more questions. And so I thought even two nights ago about a lazy Susan. And I was like, instead of selling this product, I'm just going to tell you how to make it, but wouldn't it be cool (laughs) If we had a lazy Susan and there were like four or five jars on there and you literally just spun it around and it depends on where it lands in front of the kid. Maybe there's a jar of role play questions. Maybe there's a jar of, you know, encouragement. So it's got everybody's name in the family. But depending on where the jar spins, they have to take one question out of that bucket. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. And so I think you just ask him, what would you do if a friend fell down in the hallway, but you didn't really like them? What would you do? What would you do if somebody showed something on your computer and it was inappropriate? Um, You know, what would you do if your sister was mean to you? Uh, You know, you just go through all these scenarios that maybe are keeping you up worrying and you go ahead and throw them back to your kid and see and just have a discussion. And some of the other ones could just be funny jokes so they're not always doing something intense at dinner time. But again, lazy Susan, those categories and spin them around or you can come up with another way, but... I love that idea. Courtney, you are full of so many ideas. Anytime we get together, (laughs) I think, man, that is such an incredible thing. We should just 
write a few of those down so that we can play that game, especially I love that you have a fourth grader who's right in that sweet spot, especially of um, wanting to do that role playing and that questioning. So tapping in with the preteen years of going, let's role play this out. Let's talk about a hypothetical situation because there's less pressure than a real situation, mm-hmm. um, you know, to respond and, and practice what it is that you want to live out. Actually, I rem- um, in a conversation we had a few weeks ago with um, Sandra Stanley, she mentioned the same thing with their with their family, that they would take their kids and they would role play situations um, just to practice what to do in certain scenarios. So that is, that's an incredible idea. I love it. Um, well, you know, one thing Sandra encouraged me to do, and she may have said it on her blog or something, but one of the things we do is she said her and Andy would read emails to their kids. And I think that's one of the things that I've learned about making faith something other than a lecture is I look for anything to teach them and enhance these virtues or values to say, is it a YouTube video? Is it an email? Is it, you know, a story I can tell them from the day? So anything other than, hey, you're not doing a good job mm-hmm. and I need to point that out. It's like, how do I bring it to life? Because they're smarter than we think. Mm-hmm. They will make those connections. We don't always have to say, mom needs to give you a lecture right here. I need to be Jesus for you versus like, hey, I saw the coolest thing happen and I want to show you God at play. And I love, I just, I try to pin or share or highlight any of those kind of stories that I see on YouTube again, or even a story at school that I just say, you are not going to believe what happened today. I have to show you because they'll make the connections. They'll think about them. That's great. Well, thank you so much for being here and talking through this and giving us so many incredible ideas for us to all go and just practice and um, try out and experiment in our own homes. And, you know, just for even the permission and the authenticity up front to go, some of these experiments will go well, some of them will be a bust, and that's okay. Um, We're just all in it, trying it out together. So thank you. Thank you for these great ideas, Courtney. Well, I just want to take the chance. I'm so glad to get this to say thank you to Reggie and Parent Q and your whole team for really the influence you've had on my family. I have been listening and watching and reading and the early days that I was raising my kids in a church that's been impacted by your work has just been so helpful. So thank you for what you're doing. I'm listening out here. I'm excited (laughs) to be a guest, but I'm a listener. So keep up the good work and I appreciate it so much. Well, thank you, Courtney. We're just excited about this opportunity to to kind of talk about this together and share these ideas. So thank you for being on the podcast with us today. Thank you. So there you guys have it. The conversation with Courtney DeFeo. Kristen, it sounded like you guys had a lot of fun. It's always a lot of fun to talk to Courtney. Um, In fact, I loved her idea of this family roulette. Yes. So much. I just can't get this out of my head because I'm like, I want to play that with my family right now. Absolutely. Um, Part of that's just because I always need tips and like handles to help us just remember to have fun, remember to have joy in our home. Um, And so our team is going to put that together so that for free, anybody that's listening to this podcast right now, if you want to get a how to make Courtney DeFeo's family roulette right now, you go to parentq.org slash episode 34, right there with our show notes. We're going to put it all together for you. You just download that cut out whatever pieces you need to cut out, throw that on the table, and you are ready to go. I love. I mean, look at, we're just throwing stuff at you guys because we love them. We love our listeners. Absolutely. Yes, and we want them to have a good time. What I love about the whole fun theme, again, is, you know, as I was listening to your conversation, it is just great to be around fun people in general. And so if we can start throwing 
you know, helping our kids learn, you know, to continue to have fun, even when, you know, maybe tough times come by, you, you can still find fun, you know, inside of those things. So I appreciate your conversation. The the gat, you the goo, hit the gad, with the gist, the gorton, the gee, the the gift for the gay, you the go. You the gay. Oh, <laughs> I got another. You, you got nothing. Oh, just to translate for you, I appreciate the conversation you had with our friend Courtney DeFeo. That's what I said. And we also appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to our podcast. Listen, don't forget, it's really helpful to us if you guys go on to iTunes, if that's where you're listening, and um, give us five stars. We would love to get your five-star review uh, or wherever you listen to or download your podcast as well. Spread the word. Let your friends know. We're just here trying to give you cues as much as we can when it comes to parenting and family. We appreciate you guys listening. And for Kristen Ivey, I'm Carlos Whitaker with Parent Q Live, and we will see you guys next time.